Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Based on a true story, Mills is an abused 12-year-old graffiti addict who is losing faith in integrity. Tim Mullering is a humble middle school teacher and football coach in Berkeley, California, who believes that there is no such thing as a bad kid, only bad situations. Two, the two form an uneasy friendship when Tim recognizes Mills' unhealthy behavior is merely a cry for help. Keeping his promise, Tim is willing to sacrifice his reputation job and relationships in order to win the child's trust. But Mills cannot trust until he learns to trust his struggle first. That is the story behind this wonderful narrative film that's premiering, well, actually not premiering, premiering, but it's certainly screening at the Slamdance uh, Film Festival in Park City uh, this Monday as well as Wednesday. And we'll talk more about that with the writer, producer, and director, and that would be Santiago Rizzo. Santiago, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much for uh, doing the call. Yeah, you're very welcome. Now, um, tell me, I mean, I think I know where the story came from based on um, the film, and but l- let let our listeners know what inspired, what is the inspiration behind the film Quest? Well, uh, thank you for reading the synopsis. Uh, it's a really hard one to tell because it's a true story about my childhood with Tim. So it's a, it's a, it's a difficult one to like put in just a few sentences, but it's ultimately about a very humble man who... Uh, actually, <laughs> a, a tall white man uh, who understood his privilege and gave back with humility. And that's who Tim was. He was someone that was loved by everyone. He was my teacher and coach, and he really saved my life when I was about 13 years old. And I was getting into a lot of trouble. I was uh, I was in an abusive home, and I was covering up my pain um, by acting out. Uh, one of the ways I did that was with graffiti. And um, the film is about a child who's out in the street addicted to graffiti and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find himself and, and, and not able to uh, be a child until he learns to trust his struggle and go into his pain. And for me, in my process of healing, uh, pain has been the greatest teacher. It's also mm-hmm. been my only medicine. Um, or not the only medicine, but uh, yeah. that has been my medicine. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that's what the movie is, is, is ultimately about, and I'm happy to go in it more. And let yeah. me just... Uh, say a couple things. One, sure. it was co-written uh, by Darren Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim and I originally wrote the script together mm-hmm. when he was still alive before he died of pancreatic cancer in 2011. And um, okay. yeah, just wanted well, to make sure I threw that in there as well. Well, tell us a little bit about your uh, trail, your journey here to uh, to as as a filmmaker, producer, and writer. So you didn't start out in, in your your career. You didn't start out as a a filmmaker, you took a, a slightly different route, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, I actually, um, so when I was 14 years old, uh, acting was one of my kind of paths to grace, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a way for me to release. Uh, I was in a lot of pain, and that was just like my expression and my way of getting attention, really. And I was also a good actor because I was very manipulative as a kid. <laughs> so I had learned to lie in order to get by as a child. And, um, you know, I was... Uh, pretty decent actor. So I I got a scholarship to Stanford through a program called Quest Scholars, which helps underserved and low-income youth get into uh, 
uh, now colleges throughout the nation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I went to Stanford. I studied economics and psychology, and I went to Hollywood after school wanting to pursue the arts. Mm-hmm. And my mentor, who helped me get into Stanford, said to stay away from Hollywood because I didn't have the financial cushion and a pillow to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. I didn't realize it when I was 21 years old, but I can see it very clearly now. A lot of Hollywood is very privileged. Um, to make a movie, you have to be privileged. Um, it's not that everybody just gets to make a movie unless you have Forrest Whitaker's money behind you, and then, you know, you can come from, you know, like 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 uh, 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 Ryan Coogler, or there are others, but you really need support from the community. But making a movie requires requires some privilege, and I've been very privileged to make this movie. And so I went off to Wall Street after that. Um, and worked on Wall Street for 12 years, saved up the money. And um, when Tim died, um, I never, I went back to L.A. Uh, to try and, I got a, I got Darren to help me with the screenplay mm-hmm. and restructure it. Uh, he's got an MFA from Columbia and knows structure really well, and we restructured the script. And I tried to get support from Hollywood, tried to get it to some directors. Nobody wanted to do it. And uh, I never never expected to direct this movie. I had no experience, had never shot a short film in my life, but it came down to it being the only way to make the movie because of all the rejection. Um, And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I I sold my house, actually, that Tim and I bought together and uh, brought a great crew together, and we made our movie. Well, and and, and, and we talked about, I I mentioned in the, uh, the this close connection with with Tim uh, that you had the promise it, it sounds like you made a promise to him to get this mm-hmm. this done in in whatever manner it took and and that in and of itself for you uh, as a filmmaker um, I mean you that's that feels like in some ways that was your your primary objective was to to get this film done and to get it done in a way that did did honor to uh to tim and his life yeah is that um yeah thank you for um you know asking that question because if you look at if you watch the movie i I begin the movie with based on promises never broken right and one of the scenes in the car when tim says line will get you what you want in the short run actually he says line might get you what you want in the short run but honesty will get you what you need in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> and in that scene, uh, he also says he promises. And because the kid didn't want to share personal information about his abuse, he was scared. And uh, Tim made many promises to me, and he never broke them. Tim never lied to me. He had a lot of integrity, and he was able to shift me and teach me about integrity and, and move me more towards trusting again because he never lied to me. And I grew up in a house where there were a lot of lies. My stepfather was an alcoholic. He was abusive. My mother was in denial. It was I had no respect for authority. Police would come into our house. They didn't protect me. I went to juvenile hall once because I tried to protect myself in the house, and I was the one taken away because my stepfather was so manipulative. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips in the movie plays that really well, um, but uh, I didn't trust, and, and Tim was able to shift me because he never broke promises. And before he died, uh, you know, we worked really hard on the script. Um, before he died, actually during his last breath, um, I told him that I would uh, figure out a way to make this movie. 
and I, I promised him I would make this movie. And uh, again, when I did that, I never thought I was going to direct it, yeah. but uh, I thought my hustle would be able to help produce it and get other people involved. Yeah. And uh, I'll just say there's a website, yeah. um, www.quest.film, and um, if you go there uh, and are inspired, you can listen to the eulogy that I gave Tim. And in that eulogy, I talked about very briefly about the script we worked on, and I told that audience in 2011 that I'd make this movie one way or another, and it required me selling my house to do it, but we made the movie, and um, I think we're all quite proud of um, the art. Yeah, and as you should be, uh, the the film is a uh, it, it's tough at times in terms of the life and the, and the circumstances for Mills, and um, and. The acting is very good in it. Uh, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the cast that you were able to um, to get involved in the film. Uh, obviously, it starts with uh, someone who has to embody all the characteristics and the the personality and and the bearing that you would want in in your lead character of Tim. And that uh, is it. Dash Mihawk is if I'm saying that correctly. I want to make sure. It, it's my hawk. My hawk. Yes. Pardon me. Yeah, we know him from a number of roles. I just, uh, including um, Bunchy on uh, Ray Donovan's program, as well as he's been in Silver Linings Playbook, um, uh, Perfect Storm, The Thin Red, The Thin Red Line, a whole bunch of films. And he's an accomplished mm -hmm. actor. He truly is. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday we were out and hanging out with Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> were you now? That, oh. <laughs> yeah, we were. We were out last night. That is a pretty. That is a pretty popular guy. I didn't realize. Uh, well, I mean, he has really kind of uh, run the table on accomplished uh, film directors having worked, uh, on, you know, obviously with uh, a Silver Linings Playbook, which was, uh, uh, you know, accomplished absolutely uh, brilliant film and um, so terrific. He, he He's worked with a lot of people. And uh, obviously, yeah, that's one of the things about being in Park City at this time of year. You're going to run into people that uh like that that's very cool darren was uh, how was Darren? Yeah, we, we we didn't just hang out we were like sitting with the guy i mean but yeah it was, <laughs> you yeah but it's a, you know and and dash she keeps running into people everywhere we yeah, go so yeah it's, yeah it's nice to have dash on board and help us out you know obviously we've got dash uh as well as the, you mentioned uh, lou diamond phillips who is in he is what he's supposed to be supposed to be which is a pretty Terrible person, but uh, did a terrific job with the role uh, uh, as the as the father in the or the stepfather in the film. And uh, uh, tell me a little bit about your know, sort of working with Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips and what you were hoping to get out of his performance. Well, Lou knew the role really well, <clears throat> and he played a monster, and he played a monster well. And uh, you know, he came prepared. He's a he's definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's a movie star, or you know, he. And he brought it, and during during certain scenes, he was able to get performance out of the kid that I couldn't, you know, particularly during the abuse scenes, because uh -huh. I, I couldn't tell anyone to slap anyone, but, you know, Lou is Lou Diamond Phillips, so you're going to listen to him, and, you know, <clears throat> he was able to kind of uh, uh, guide in a certain way with respect when it came to the abuse scenes that I couldn't do yeah. without that status. Yeah. So he brought a lot to the project, including yeah. just being phenomenal. I mean, uh, sometimes I wish his role was bigger because he was so good in the movie. Like, there's, you know, probably could have been an award potential for how good he w was, but yeah. it's just not a big enough role. Yeah, no, he, he, you're right. He's terrific. He he has that sort of, it's it's not just the spoken 
word of his performance. It's the bearing. It's kind of the yeah. menacing kind of um, he embodied vibe. it. Yeah, vibe yeah. that you would want in a character uh, in his character, and, and he really did a great job. Um, and then you have uh, Betsy Brandt, who plays the part of uh, we know her from Breaking Bad and uh, and a lot of other television shows, including Parenthood and the Michael J. Fox show. But um, she plays the sort of disconnected, if you will, mom in this, or uh, willing to look the other way, or a good heart, but at the same time, someone who isn't really ready to confront some of the stuff that her son is telling her, right? Mm-hmm. So she did a nice job, Betsy Brent as as mom, and and then you you also had one what I consider to be one of the hot uh, actors working uh, right now. Uh, and that would be Lakeith Lee um, Stanfield, who we'll know from... And I saw him in Short uh, Term 12, which I thought he was great in. But he's also been in such films as Straight Outta Compton, also Selma, uh, and Get Out, which is, which he was a small role, but just absolutely terrific in that film. So um, congratulations on landing him for this role. And he's really good in this role. I really liked his character uh, in... In your film, uh, tell us a little bit about working with him, with Keith. Um, well, Keith is uh, <clears throat> Keith is a, a phenomenal actor, and uh, he brought a lot of rawness and uh, realness to the character. Uh, my best friend uh, Toby Eagle was shot and killed uh, in 2011 as well, and he was black and uh, he had a beautiful heart. And um, Diego, uh, who Keith plays, is inspired by yeah. my friend Toby in a very different way. Toby and I didn't do graffiti together, but uh, we would go around as kids and collect cans, you know, and uh, we really hustled together and were beautiful friends. And he was this uh, great big teddy bear who protected and held space for everyone. And, yeah. you know, he wore cornrows and, you know, may have been, may have talked with uh, an accent that you may judge. Uh, uh, one, not you, but yeah. you know, one might judge, but you know, underneath it all, he had the most beautiful heart. And um, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, I think Keith, you know, Keith's character is really there to teach um, to trust your struggle, and really, he's kind of a mentor for Mills, who's this little white, you know, little white boy who's pre-puberty, thirteen years old, and you know, Mills really looks up to Diego, and they both have a struggle very different struggles clearly because Mills isn't black. He doesn't have the same struggle that Diego has. Yeah. He doesn't come from the same uh you know, the same background, uh, as you can figure out when you watch it and see Diego's home, but they both share in the struggle. And so that's Diego's message and uh it becomes clear towards the end, uh, definitely don't want to give it away. But yeah, yeah. um yeah, Keith is Keith is a beast of an actor and I'm really happy and proud of how well he's done since uh, since this. I mean, we got him when he was on the cusp of it anyway. He had just shot Selma and straight out of Compton. It just hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. So we got him right before that. Well, he's he's terrific. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, as you were alluding to, Mills and uh, Gregory uh, Kazian. Kazian. Yeah. Yeah, Greg Kazian. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little about working. Now, I, I mean, your first-time director, so Greg obviously. Is the best. Greg's the best actor in the movie. Maybe. I mean, you know, I can't, can't, but Greg is actually, <laughs> Greg is a phenomenal actor, and yeah. he carries the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, I'm, I mean, you, you watch a lot more movies than me, but you tell me, when have you seen a kid 
12 years old play a role this heavy in this way carrying a film. Right. He has to carry the film. I mean, he really does. You're right. This, And he is in, I'm just kind of scanning my memory here. I think he's in almost every scene, if not every scene. He's certainly, I can't think of a in scene. In almost every scene. Yeah, almost. Almost every scene. Yeah. So obviously. The with Tim and Susan and, you know, he's not in. But with yeah. Tim's with Tim. Tim in, in the class and in the school he's not in, but yeah. No, that's true. Yeah, but but nonetheless, that's an awful lot to ask of a of a of a young actor and surra- never carried a never carried a film before either. Yeah, and it's and also I mean surrounding him with with uh, kind of a very healthy mix of veteran actors and the and Lou uh, Diamond Phillips as well as emerging actors like uh, Keith Stanfield as well. So he had a. He had a, a, a nice support group as well as I mean let's dash uh, Mihawk as well. So he had a really I would assume that he, this probably came across on the set as much. They had a nice support system around him. So yeah, he also had me. And I was just going to say that in addition to that, he had someone who lived the part in many in many yeah, ways. So, I mean, the yeah. one thing about making this movie is I always knew that I could get the performance out of the kid. Yeah. That was that was the one thing I was confident about. I didn't know anything about camera, but we brought in a phenomenal cinematographer, Florian Stadler. I didn't know anything about sound. I didn't know about you know, editing. I mean like so all these things but I did always know that I knew this kid and I could get the performance out of a child. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Greg is he had me there, who clearly is based on me as a kid. And uh, if you meet Greg, he's nothing like this. He's a he's a you know very sweet kid from you know a, a good family, and uh, you know he's Armenian, so you know he's got some of that you know whatever he's got some spark <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you know, the Armenians have spark or anything, but he's got some swagger. Yeah. Okay, but uh, yeah. but he's a very sweet kid, but he's a phenomenal actor and listens really well. Mm-hmm. So as a result of that, he was able to take my energy at times and really kind of transmute it on his own. I mean, yes, and in the scenes, of course, he had these brilliant actors helping him and him reacting, and they'd always help him out. And when his energy was low, they brought it up, and, and they helped me out too, right? So, you know, particularly when it came to... You know, uh, I mean, in so many ways, yeah. but but ultimately, I think Greg listened really well, and um, that's the key. And he, yeah, and he was—he's a phenomenal actor. But like, if you watch the first take, you would—if I showed you the first take of, like, or the second take, it, you would. It, I, it, he, but he transformed his performance every single time. By the third or fourth take, he was—he was just nuanced and interesting and and super dynamic and i think it comes across in his performances yeah it does he, again i mean he, this is a this is a heavy lift and uh and that is uh the his ability to be able to pull that off is all for a, a lot of things i mean but certainly not the least of which is um being able to listen to you and understand that at what you were trying to convey to him and in, in, in drawing out his performance, but there's also has to be some ability in that mix as well, and he, he d- certainly has that. No, the kid is, I mean, just so let me be clear, um, Greg is a phenomenal actor. He studies Stanislavski, he studies Meisner. He was 12 years old. He's like wow. purely working on his scene study. He, he really cares about his craft, and when I first was trying to, we spent a uh, month and a half trying to find him, and I would go to Juvenile Hall and put flyers up in Juvenile Halls. I went to Compton 
and try to street cast. And I would, I would just go and try and find kids that might be, you know, from a background that might be a bit of a harder background. And at the end of the day, Greg was the only one who could pull it off because he had the acting chops. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's a real actor, and I think he's going to do very well in the future. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, let, let's talk about, very quickly, the film uh, is open, Quest is opening at the Slam Dance it's special screening on Tuesday, on Monday, pardon me, Monday the 22nd, for a 6.30 red carpet premiere, and then also on Wednesday, no, on yes, on Wednesday at 12.30, at the, this is all of the films from Slam Dance are screening at the Treasure Mountain Inn, that's in Park City, and um, the film is as premiered, and it's done very well on the film festival circuit. Uh, it won a Grand Festival Award for Best Film at the Berkeley Video and Film Festival at Mill Valley. It won the Audience Award at Napa Valley. Uh, it won the Audience Award for, for Favorite Narrative Feature as well as the Audience Award for Favorite Actor and Jury Award for um, Best Lounge Feature, which I'm not sure quite that, but that's still <laughs> you won. And uh, so, and, and other acting awards as well. So, so we... we- we, where we premiered, we premiered in Oldenburg, Germany, oh. and that's where Greg Greg won Best Actor there. Okay. Um, and then Mill Valley, we had also won the Audience Award there, by the way. But the the lounge feature uh, was because we were we were originally in uh, a different category for the Artist in Residency, mm-hmm. but because I accepted the Mill Valley Film Festival, they had to knock me out of that category. But they still wanted to see, they still wanted to show the film, so they put us in. Uh, a lounge category, which I don't really know what that means. I think there's just two different. Anyway, and yeah. that's that's that, that's why you asked. Well, well, the film uh, is Quest is also an inspiring film. It's a it's a it's an uplifting film. It is a, it's a film of uh, struggle and dealing with it and all of the things that come along with not only just uh, you know the the process of growing up, but when you throw on top of it abuse and surrounded by a lot of uh, drugs and violence and 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 the rest of it. Uh, it is an inspirational story, not only as a film but also Santiago, as well as in you and your life and uh, what you've done with the with your life as well as with this film uh, is inspirational. And I, I I assume that you've heard this from others, but uh, I just wanted to say that uh, my congratulations to you for what you've done. And and what you are essentially as a tribute to your friend Tim Mullering, you've done you've done him justice in this film, and I, I'm sure that feels good for you. Um, well, feels good. I don't know, but I appreciate you saying that. What I do know is that the audiences continue to support the movie. Mm-hmm. I know that, and so does the press. So thank you for doing this call. Um, unfortunately, Hollywood has not supported as much, but that's going to change. And, uh, you know, I do think because Greg isn't necessarily a big-name actor yet um, that it's hard for them to um, pay attention. But the movie is about child abuse, yeah. and it's the children getting abused. Right. And we need to first – you can't make a movie like this without having it authentically a, a pre-puberty child. And abuse later on in life comes as a result of, uh, you know, most people were abused in some way, and they acted out as adults. And if we're going to really heal humanity – then we have to be honest about this and we have to start going into the pain and not covering it up anymore. And I've done that in my life. 
You know, a lot of people, I, I covered it up with work for a long time, and I've said this before, but it's almost like, uh, you know, only when I stripped myself of the warm blanket did I recognize I was standing in cold shadows, mm-hmm. and only then did I learn to walk back into the sunlight. So you really have to go into the pain and not avoid it. And most people don't want to do it because it's not fun, and it's a long process. You can't just, you know, take ayahuasca or, you know, just, you know, do some medicine or you know i don't think the antidepressants are necessarily helping either these days i think going into the pain is going to teach you how to get out of it Mm -hmm. but you really have to go into it and uh i'm very blessed and very privileged i've received a lot of love from a lot of people Mm -hmm. and i'm here to try and share that love there you go and uh the the message is to trust your struggle yeah trust your um, struggle trust your struggle exactly that's in the film it's a prominent part of the message in the film as well. And, and you know, the, 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 the good news is, is as we've gotten better at understanding the, the nature of violence, the nature of what the consequences of abuse are, we know for in an overwhelming percentage of the times when you're dealing with someone who has become violent and acting out, that it's generally a trauma, some kind of childhood trauma physical abuse or something like that. We know kind of the signs. We know we're better equipped now as a society if we choose to, to put the resources into ways in which we can begin to heal people, mitigate the effects of the, uh, of the trauma and the abuse. We know how to do this now. And it's just a matter of, of will. It's a matter of, of determination on the part of us as a society and as individuals to recognize that these are things that are, are, I actually don't agree with that. I'm you sorry. Don't. I got it correct. No, I okay. don't think most of society understands when someone has been through abuse. I think we just judge. I think there's a lot of judgment. And I think what I'm trying to share here is that that we need to judge less, especially mm-hmm. those of us who come from love. And we all need to recognize our privilege. I can tell you through my experience, I was abusive in my early 20s. I wasn't physically abusive. But I was, you know, I at least understood that boundary really well. Mm. But I was mentally and, and um, emotionally abusive in a way I wasn't aware of. And only when I, you know, was more aware of that and did I have acceptance of that could I change it. But it was a long process. And I know many people in the street who act out and scream and, you know, and are judged as being crazy. But in reality, I think a lot of these people are just in a lot of pain mm-hmm. and they don't know how to come out of the pain. And we judge because we didn't grow up in that pain. So if we're really going to fix this as a society and help humanity heal, we have to first be aware. And we have to first be aware of our judgment towards those who are different and didn't grow up in the same environment that we did. It starts with awareness. Mm -hmm. Then there's a process of acceptance. And then there's a process of action through love. But, uh, you know, we could all give a lot more love. Mm-hmm. And that is also the message of the movie. It's about compassion yep. and being in, 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 and understanding our privilege and, and responsibility to give back. Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, well, I, um, I congratulate you on the story, on the telling of the story, the cast you've assembled, and the film you've produced with Quest. And uh, tomorrow you'll begin to see the reaction from the people in Park City at the slam dance film festival so so for those who are listening to the sound of our voice uh right now it it, it is a uh it, tomorrow monday the 22nd at six thirty for the red carpet premiere 
and then also on Wednesday the 12:30 screening all of those both of those are at the Treasure Mountain in Ballroom so um well after after quest have, are you are you determined to be to stay in the the film business how how do you feel moving forward with with what you um are hoping to accomplish the rest of your well, life well Right now, I'm just focused on, you know, getting this out and gotcha. sharing the love so that, uh, okay. you know, hopefully it can help other kids. We brought 15 kids up from Juvenile Hall and uh, at Napa Valley, and I really felt their energy shift. Uh, they were very appreciative and loving, and I think, uh, you know, I'm going to continue to press as hard as I can mm -hmm. to try and share this love and, and awareness with other people. Um, I know that's my calling right now. After mm -hmm. that, you know, if there's a piece of art to make that helps bring awareness into the world and inspire, then that's something I'm open to. But I also want to have a family, and uh, I need to provide for a family. And yeah. uh, I want to make sure that I have some stability going forward and have a lot of integrity uh, with that. So uh, whatever is uh, I trust in the universe, and uh, as Dash Myhawk always tells me, the universe is in perfect order. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I just want to really thank you for the love you shared by... Uh, letting me share my truth uh, with this interview. So thank you for that, and thank you for holding that space. Uh, my pleasure, my pleasure, please. Uh, thank you, uh, Santiago Rizzo, the director, producer, writer, uh, and inspiration, uh, along with uh, in, in, in telling the story of, of uh, and Tim Mollering, his coach and teacher, as well as a very personal story with the film Quest. Thank you very much, Santiago, for being here on Film School today. Thank you very much. And let's thank Tim because uh, yeah. it's really his spirit and his love and uh, his example that I'm trying to emulate. Um, he was the most beautiful human being I've ever met. So thank you for le allowing me to share. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.